0: Is there anybody else in the waiting room now, Felice? There's
1: not, everybody's joined. Okay.
0: One two. I see that we have five people on the call for um, this. So that definitely constitutes a quorum. So we can go ahead and uh, call this meeting to order. So uh, thanks everyone for attending today's uh, public transit advisory committee meeting. As you can see, Adam Weigel is not with us today. He apparently is still sick with COVID, which is interesting that we're going to be discussing in-person meetings on that exact day. Um, But uh, for now, Felice, could you go through the uh, rules of engagement for our uh, Zoom calls and then uh, do roll call of committee members, please? Uh, So good evening, everyone. My
2: name is Sam Lynch. Transit Planner 1, Lawrence Transit, um, with the Transit Planner 2, um, she will work alongside Mike Wozikowski to facilitate the meeting proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and public access. During the meeting, when you are not participating, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found in the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu. In some cases, we may mute or unmute people as needed to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name and title for the benefit of those listening remotely. If you are participating by phone, you can click star six to unmute your phone. And now I will do roll call. Lance Fay. Here. Max Schieber. Here. Mike Waszkowski Here. Alan Ackland. Here. Gregory Critchlow. Bill Wilson. Yes, here. August Rudisell. Here. And Freddie Gipp.
0: Uh, that leaves us with six. I do see Gregory Critchlow signing on right now, though, so that would bring us up to seven and that definitely constitutes a quorum. So thank you uh, for going through roll call with that. Um, At this time, uh, first item on our agenda is public comment. Uh, I do see the author of a letter to us or an email to us in attendance. Uh, Patricia, would you like to uh, say anything at this time?
3: Oh, Matt, could you hear me?
4: Yes, we can. can.
3: Oh, thank you. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not good at Zoom. Uh, uh, I'm in a quandary and I tried to reach somebody this afternoon um, to find out because I looked on a certain site, uh, the project page, and it showed that the number nine, uh, number four bus was still running on 9th Street by that plan for January 23rd. And if, if that's... If January, 2023, if that's true, then a lot of what I said, (laughs) I don't know, is that true? Felice would know. Hi, we can,
1: this is Felice Laverne, uh, Transit Plan 2. We can address that on item number four. I think we're gonna go through the route redesign presentation with the consultant.
0: That's correct. We are planning on this as a topic for today, Patricia. So if you have the time and are available to, uh, I would encourage you to stay online, and we will copiously discuss the route redesign. And can in particular take a look at uh, the routes that you mentioned.
3: Thank you. I'll. I'll. I'll I. I. am I'm, I'm all yours. I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I'm gonna mute myself now. Thank you.
0: Of course. <clears throat> Uh, I do see at least one other name that I don't recognize, uh, other than Boris. Um, is there anyone else on the call here who would like to provide public comment? Felice, is anyone in the room with us? Please prefer
1: transit plan to There's no one in the room.
0: OK, then I think we've addressed public comment sufficiently. The uh, next item on the agenda is approving the minutes from our March meeting. So a reminder, uh, as always, I will uh, ask you to look over the minutes from uh, last week or last month's meeting and I will give you three opportunities to propose amendments to the minutes based on your recollection of what happened, what we discussed and uh, make it more correct, so uh, everyone please take a little bit of time if you haven't already and uh, I'll make my first call here. Are there any amendments to offer to the minutes from our March meeting?
4: Second call, does anyone have any amendments to offer to the minutes from our March meeting. Last call any amendments to offer to the minutes from March's meeting.
0: Hearing none, then the minutes are deemed approved by unanimous consent. So the first item on our agenda then is uh, Preparing for in-person meetings. Uh, Felice, Andy, I believe you have a presentation for us of some kind or some sort of discussion to lead.
1: Felice, Learn Transit Planner 2. I just have an opener for you all. Um, We are prepared to return to in-person meetings. Virtual will always be an option. Um, It's up to you all to decide what our new normal looks like for this committee. Do you wanna set expectations to be in person or virtual only or virtual as the exception? We can work with whatever that you would like to do, but we want it to be the same moving forward um, each month. So that's a little bit about our opener. So it's really up to you, we will work with whatever you would like to do, and we hope that it is
0: consistent. I'll just say I'm not a fan necessarily saying we need to be consistent going forward because who knows if we're going to get another Omicron spike with 300 cases per 10,000 residents here. And you know, if that happens, I don't want to be in person at that time, but I think it's good to try and set a consistent standard of assuming that something like that doesn't happen. What do we want to do?
5: Lance Fay, okay. Vice Chair PTAC. I would like to suggest that we postpone for one month. Um, any really further formal discussion of deciding this just to see what happens and, and go from there.
0: Well, we have a, a motion uh, on the floor. Uh, if anyone wants to discuss that or provide a second to that, we can go ahead and entertain that this time. Uh, any, uh, PTAC members wish to chime in other than Lance? I see a couple who had raised hands. I think Alan was trying to speak and I saw Gregory raising his hand. So uh, let's go Alan first. Yeah, this is Al Ackland PTAC member. Yeah, that, that's fine with me to, to defer for another, uh, another month. Um, uh, and I'm not Sure, if this would apply to only PTAC meetings or if this is a citywide, it uh, um, would cover, cover all citywide meetings. Um, so, that's that another question to have answered. Yeah, I think we can only decide for ourselves, right, Felice, like our committee. Okay. Uh, Gregory, you had your hand up. Uh,
4: I would uh, suggest a, a hybrid situation to be able to allow more people to uh, participate uh, if they can't make it in-person, whether it be public comment or traveling. Um, so that would be my only suggestion as we move forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else have any, any other PTAC members have anything to add on that? This is Al Akram, a PTAC member. Yeah, I wasn't suggesting that the, our policy would be applied citywide. It was just a question of whether or not there'd be a consistent policy within all city meetings. But, you, know, you can see where that goes with, with the number of committees on mm-hmm. different. Yeah, um, I think that the city commission rule right now is that their members are going to be meeting in person. There'll still be an online option, but they're aiming for uh, everything intended to be in person, other than people who want to dial in remotely. Um, that would be obviously an option. But um, honestly, at this time, it sounds like not too many people have a voice to in the matter. So I'm inclined to accept Lance's suggestion and table this until uh, next month, unless any objections. From Tech Myers? I have Go some ahead, more information.
6: I have some more information for you if you'd like it. Yes, please. That's Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. So um across the organization, um uh like you mentioned, the city commission is moving to hybrid meetings. The expectation that the city would like us to set is to just be consistent in the sense not if COVID changes things because I think we want to be flexible in that regard. But to be consistent with the public and the expectation about if you do transition to hybrid, how many of the members of the the voting members of the body are expected to be in person versus online, Um, because that impacts how people choose to attend. And that just needs to be made clear on the agenda. You'll notice some of the changing agenda text across the organization about if it's a hybrid meeting and whether or not the elected body or the the voice um, making uh, the vote is going to be in person or hybrid or a mix. And so that's the consistency, I think, in what the conversation hopefully was is, whether or not you have start that this month or next month or whenever. But as we think about what normal may look like in the future, the expectation is that hybrid could be an option because it does allow uh, more people to attend, but that as the risk of COVID is lessened, if that continues to be the case, then um, inviting people back in person also makes um, some people feel more comfortable than um, the use of technology. And so it's just about being consistently clear to the public about what they can expect, whether they're logging on online or um, coming in person.
4: Thank you, Jessica. Uh...
0: Uh, PTAC members, is there any objection to tabling this until next month when we get Adam back hopefully?
4: Okay, I'm
0: I'm inclined to accept that then. Uh, Next item on our agenda is a public participation plan update and this one I do see an attachment that we have to present. Jessica, you're up I'm guessing? Yep.
6: I'm going to take this one tonight. Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager with the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Organization, and I'm presenting this um, tonight for your consideration of the public participation plan update. Um, the We're going to just talk a little bit about we've attached to the agenda, the current plan, um, which if you had a chance to open it, you could see is four pages. Um, and so. Uh, As you kind of look through that, or if you had the opportunity to look through the new plan, we'll talk a little bit about how um, the MPO and Lawrence Transit Coordination um, has led us to develop a combined plan. And what we believe is the benefit of of the extensive um, kind of update of that combined plan. And so on the next slide, you'll see, we believe um, that the current plan is really a kind of a bare minimum um, to meet FTA's requirements, that we have a locally developed plan and that there's documentation of the implementation of that plan. Um, But the current plan doesn't really provide um, clear expectations to the public about what techniques may be used across the board. Um, And it was last adopted in 2011 and some things have changed Um, Since then, not only just the community's expectation about engagement, um, not only COVID, um, but just some of the tools that we can use and how we have changed the tone of engagement um, in an attempt to be more inclusive to the vulnerable voices in our community and make sure people are represented. So in the next slide. You'll see that um, you may be familiar with some of the MPO and Lawrence Transit coordination. And when we've coordinated through those processes, the MPO has always had a more extensive public participation plan that details a lot of the different strategies that are used um, for public engagement to set clearer expectations when different elements will be used. And so in our effort to update our plan, Um, we uh, coordinated with Lawrence Transit staff um, to work together to include the content we think for um, transit planning as well as just transportation planning. And I think from the public's perspective, that keeps expectations um, and strategies really consistent across the board um, and sends consistent messages about how we're gonna do engagement in this community around transit and transportation planning. So we believe there's a lot of public benefit um, to that Consistency through the expectations and delivery of that engagement. If you go to the next slide, The the new plan also aligns um, the framework we have about public uh, participation to the International Association of Public Participation. That's IAP2. Um, And there has been renewed efforts from the city to certify staff in IAP2 uh, certification around engagement. And we believe that that allows us to do a process that includes a lot more reflection on stakeholders who need to be engaged, vulnerable voices, um, documentation through the process of public engagement in a transparent way, and a process for backend evaluation of how we're doing. We recognize that public engagement is continually evolving and we need to evolve with it, um, whether that be our strategies um, or techniques, um, or even just the work we're doing, as we learn what the public, how they want to work with us and what they expect in terms of being engaged in these processes. So we believe the new plan sets the framework Um, for that engagement, and lays out more clearly different processes that the MPO, as for transportation planning or um, for transit, are going to engage within the public across public engagement. Um, And so we're looking for your consideration and approval today of the public participation plan, and Felicia, I would be happy to answer any questions you may have um, about what you saw on your, attached on your agenda.
0: Thank you, Jessica. I'll open the floor to my fellow PTAC members at this time. Does anyone have any uh, comments, questions or concerns for Jessica about the plan that was published with our agenda?
4: (laughs) Crickets, nice.
0: Any members of the public out there want to comment? Still none in the audience. I'm guessing Patricia don't need to comment, um, but if you want to, you have an opportunity.
5: Uh, Lance, Lance Faye, Vice Chair PTAC. Uh, is this something, an, an action item tonight or is that just a presentation?
1: Over planner two. It is an action item. OK.
5: Mm-hmm. So uh, having said that, um, I think it's great that there is actually a public participation platform. And if there are no other comments, then I would so move to accept it as such.
0: We have a motion to accept the plan. Uh, Do any PTEC members wanna provide a second? I'll second. Thank you, Max. Uh, Felice, Andy, go ahead and go through a roll call and tally up the votes, please.
2: All right, um, Lance Fay. Hey. Max Schieber. Hey. Mike Waszkowski. Yay. Hey. Allen Ackland. Aye. Gregory Critchlow. Yes. Bill Wilson. Yes. August Rudisell. Aye. Freddie Get.
0: Seems unanimous. Eyes have it. Thank you very much for uh, that presentation, Jessica. And I hope that the uh, new plan provides us good benefits going forward, interacting with the public. The uh, last major item under uh, regular agenda items is a uh, is a route redesign. Final proposed route changes that uh, our Foursquare ITP is going to present. So uh, I believe there's a set of slides that we need to look at or a Google Earth presentation, Boris.
7: Yeah, I'll be sharing my screen. So let me try to do that. Okay, can you guys see my screen? Yeah, okay, great. So um, yeah, just uh, to begin, before we begin, we, we are gonna go through route by route. Um, So it may may take a while, but um, this is, we're we're kind of the one year mark of the study, the route redesign study. Um, And back in September or or October of last year, we presented two scenarios um, of ways to redesign the service. That may be what, Patricia, I believe um, her name was, uh, was referring to earlier that, you know, she had seen some ideas and now she's seeing some some different ideas or, um, she, you know, slightly altered. So tonight what we'll be presenting is the uh, final recommendations. So um, there's you know, potentially still some opportunities to tweak service based on responses to meetings like this. And there's an online survey going on as well. But for the most part, this is um, the recommendations based on all of the public outreach that we've done up to now um, and based uh, in addition to that on kind of three driving factors. The The first is um, just simply a desire to, cre- you know, create a more effective and efficient transit system. So s- responding to what we saw in terms of the analysis of the, of the routes um, each individual route the second is preparing the system for the um coming online of the of the uh, bob billings hub the new the new transit hub that's coming online Um, and then the third piece which is sort of uh, the most recent is um, making sure that the routes especially the ku routes um, are designed in a way that there's maximum flexibility in how the service looks going forward whether um, it's an adjustment in frequency uh, up or down because there's there's some there's sort of an open debate or some open questions now about how much funding will be available from KU um, for the KU routes. And so um, the third piece of that is, is also an, a key consideration to ensure that the routes um, are designed in a way that they can be altered g- going forward if there's more resources or fewer resources from KU. Um, and, Margaret, I saw I see you popped up there. So hopefully I, I stayed that more or less accurately on the KU side. All right, great. So we'll go through um, route by route, uh, one by one. So what's on the screen now is a map of of the uh, Lawrence region, um, and it's color coded based on density. And that's just kind of for informational purposes. The the more red, the more the more orange to red means there's more activity. Um, the more kind of yellow and green means there's less activity. That means both employment and and residential activity. Um, I just have that up here because it's a lot easier to have that as a background as we go through the through the routes than the regular um, Google Earth map. So that's the purpose of that. But we'll go through route by route. So starting with route one. um, And what I'm showing here is the proposed alignment for route one. Um, At when needed, I can also um, put up the current uh, alignment for for the routes for comparative purposes um, and sort of show them you know one next to the other but route one is the the main change on route one is that service is shifted from haskell avenue to massachusetts street um and that's done in order to provide um, a direct connection to the dylan's uh grocery store on on massachusetts uh, every route We are trying to within each route. We're trying to create uh, a good mix of origins and destinations to allow every route to be a strong standalone route. So what that means is we want to link multifamily housing, so apartment complexes, uh, mobile home parks, condominiums, that kind of thing, to the types of places where people need to go for their you know daily um, uh, errands and so on. So we want to make sure that there's grocery stores on a route that has a heavy concentration of of residential. And so by um, shifting this route from Haskell to to Massachusetts, it does create that direct access to the Dillons for people that live um, along the Harper street corridor um, along Massachusetts itself uh, and so on. So that's the main change. The other change um, is that the end of the route is shifted from the Doug County Jail to the county to the, the shelter, the Lawrence shelter, community shelter, um, uh, to create a bit better access to, to the shelter. And then this route is also proposed for interlining, um, interlining with Route 5. So, what interlining means, um, for those of you who haven't heard the term before, is that a, a single bus or, or a series of buses um, operate along more than one route. So, once a bus c- finishes. Um, with route one at the Lawrence shelter, that bus does not, does not return along the same uh, route. It actually transitions to a different route. So in this case, it transitions from route one to route five. And so the bu- if a person stays on the bus at the Lawrence shelter, um, they will then go to the East Hills Business Park um, before heading out on 23rd Street um, to Points, points West. Um, and that's not to say that Route one will not have bi-directional service because it will. Buses will be traveling um, in both directions along the same alignment. But buses will come on route one and then go out on route five. But then buses coming in on route five will go out on route one. So in effect, both routes have bi-directional service. Um, so feel free to, if anyone has a question at any point, feel free to, um, to speak up. Uh, I'm making, I want to make sure I can see chat on here as well. Let me see. How do I see that? Okay, yeah, I'll try to monitor the chat. So if there's anything that comes up there, um, I'll try to address or is that this as well. This is
0: August, we so member. I, it may be quicker to say you'll specify, but this
7: is a half hour interval route right now. Is it stay a half hour? So, um, one important change uh, that we're proposing going forward is to have routes that change frequency um, during certain times of the day. So route one and route five, both are proposed for 30 minute peak frequency and 60 minute off peak frequency. So during approximately two, two and a half hours in the morning, approximately three hours in the afternoon, during peak periods, the routes would operate every 30 minutes and then they would operate hourly during the midday. Okay, And that's from uh, 6, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. for both routes. All right, so that's route one. And um, I'll come back to route five later, but uh, the next route we'll look at is route three. Um, So this is the proposed route three. So this route would be a bi-directional route um, with service along Michigan street. So it would connect um, downtown, to, to the LMH uh, campus um, along, along Michigan, and it would operate north and southbound along Michigan, which is different than the current Route 3, which provides only southbound service along Michigan with northbound buses traveling up Iowa Street. So, so this allows for all of the multifamily housing, and there's a lot of it. We can actually, I can show uh, this, Points of interest layer, but there's a lot of multifamily housing along Michigan. It provides a much, much more um, kind of user friendly service for those folks trying to get to downtown and then connecting to other destinations, perhaps, um, because they do have bi directional service, service on both sides of the street. Um, this route would also be proposed for an inner line. So it would be interlined with. Route six, and Route six would be a a different approach to Route six than the current Route six. Um, The proposed Route six would um, be operating kind of as a a north-south route, serving the Iowa street corridor, um, as well as the LMH health campus. It would not go downtown. Instead, it would go to the Bob Billings Hub. Um, So by interlining these two routes, let's say somebody starts at the Bob Billings Hub Uh, and they make their way up to, uh, I think it's called Timber Ridge Road, which is up here on the the north end of the Iowa street corridor. From there, that bus will continue back on route three to downtown. So if a person is on Bob Billings and they make their way up to uh, Timber Ridge, they would, if they stayed on the bus, they'd be able to to then head downtown and vice versa. A person downtown, come up Michigan to Timber Ridge and then head to the Bob Billings hub. Okay, so what that means is that both the Bob Billings Hub and downtown have this direct connection to the LMH Health Campus. All right, so that's um, Route 3 and Route 6. Next, we'll look at Route 4. Patricia, I believe this is the route that you were asking about previously. So uh, Route 4 would... There's a few There's a few changes on Route 4. Um, the first is a fairly small change, which is shifting the service from uh, Lion to North Street over here. So this is Lyon. This is North. Um, and the purpose uh, for that is to provide better access to a fairly large uh, mobile home park located here on North Street to give them more direct access. Um, the route would continue to serve ninth street, which is, uh, different than the scenarios we showed earlier. But then after it gets to, um, the, the co-op approximately it would, it would then head up to the sixth street corridor. And, um, the point, the, the idea here is North Lawrence has traditionally been a bit of a a food desert. Um, You know, it didn't have uh, great access to a lot of grocery stores and and so on. So by uh, extending this route along the Sixth Street corridor um, all the way through to the LMH West Campus, It allows for direct service to Walmart and several other grocery stores along the 6th Street corridor. So it makes for a a one-seat ride for folks from North Lawrence to get to um, a lot of services, a lot of retail along the 6th Street corridor, but still preserve service uh, along 9th Street. So um, Patricia, does that answer your question? Okay, Patricia may be muted, but... Um, you can,
3: I, I, I'm, 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 I'm unmuted now. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really hard for me to follow this. First, is still like really fast. Okay. I had much okay. sleep last night. And, uh, 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 and this is the map that I had, like, discovered somewhere on the, uh, on the web, and it, it's really weird because I went to this meeting at the library on, Thursday and three people were there talking to me. And even though I asked about that was my main concern, because this a, a route, this is the routes closest to my home that I use most frequently or in conjunction with other routes. And and sort of like my written comments, which I'm not clear if people have actually received them and looked at them or if the, I apologize for not knowing that this route was still there, this is good news for me. <laughs> Because I shop at the Merck and I go to the library, and I go to other places downtown. Um, but I'm not clear on the interlining as far as it relates to North Lawrence.
7: Okay, so so in this case, um, there's this isn't this route is is um, interlining is not a big part of of this route in particular. Let me show you to make Absolutely. it a little bit clearer. Hopefully, this is the current route four that's on the screen right now. Right, so the current route four. Travels from North Lawrence through downtown and then ends um, at the Merck, pretty much, at the, at the Merck Co-op, right? So the proposed Route 4 keeps this alignment, the the part from North Lawrence down to the Merck. It keeps it almost unchanged. There's one one small change, um, and that is shifting service from uh, Lion Street to North Street in North Lawrence, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay? yeah. So that's one small change. But the more significant change um, is that the route would continue past the Merck, right? It would continue past uh, here. It would continue along the Sixth Street corridor all the way through past the Walmart, past Lawrence Free State High School. Um, So if you're going to the high school or if you're going to the Walmart, you would be able to have a one-seat ride from North Lawrence. You stay on the bus, uh, past the co-op and you can make your way all the way to the Walmart. And then this route continues uh, through to rock chalk park and ultimately it'll end at the lmh west campus does does that help
3: it helps me a lot thank you i don't live in north lawrence but i oh, yeah. i understand they have a grocery problem and i okay. am a member i'm a member of the merck so we don't mind the customers coming <laughs> <All right. laughs> and, and but I, i'm I, i'm i'm just i, I what well, i'm i'm just stunned that i could have gone to this meeting on thursday and
5: talked
3: to three separate people
5: and that nobody told me that, mm. you know. Uh, hey, uh, I have a question for Patricia Lance Faye, Vice yeah. Chair, P-Tech. Are Do you live in the area kind of behind or to the west of the Merck? Like, so I'm looking at something on this route, but there's an area that the current Route 4 serves where it turns... Right. South yeah. on Iowa, and there is a sheltered stop that is right in front of the Merck and the whole shopping right. center. Right. The proposed change for this route does not go to that stop. And
3: where
5: would you and have- it? So and if you, uh, what I'm concerned is, and I'm trying to see if I understand where your concerns are about accessibility, because if you live in that area kind of behind the Merck where the four went, no. that would affect you. But I'm more concerned about Going from 9th and Iowa southward to Harvard or wherever they turned, I unless I didn't see this right, it doesn't look like that serves that stop anymore. That would force people to cross Iowa Street oh and or God. 9th Street to get to the Merck. And that's problematic. So yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I appreciate it. First, I want to tell you if, if is it would you like me to respond to that? Please. Oh, okay. Um, I don't live over that area. I actually live on Mississippi Street in the 1000 block. I, I I can see out my window the Memorial Stadium. So I'm almost in KU's territory, but not quite. So what I do is I walk down Mississippi Street to catch the, the 9.4 okay. 9th Street. And then what I'm used to doing, which will change for me, is I Downtown, I catch the 10 to come home, which is great because I don't have to walk up the hill and it's much closer to where I live. But um I, I hadn't thought about the bus stop, and that's really good that you're thinking about it because that's a terrible intersection, even yeah. though they're re- redoing it.
5: Yeah, try crossing mm-hmm. that with groceries.
3: I have.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> live to talk, tell about it, but I'm just trying to find it again on the map. I'm sorry.
7: Yeah, but, uh, so for um, in your your specific case patricia if you're going home since you would be going home eastbound um, you wouldn't have to cross the street to catch the bus because you know the, there's a bus stop in the eastbound direction on the same side of the street as, as the Merck, on the same side of ninth street as the Merck right so
3: corner right
7: right however when you're coming to to the store um, yes in that case you may need you may find yourself needing to cross 9th Street um, yeah. to get to the Merck so yeah.
5: wow. that'll that'll get that'll get further commentary
3: yeah that's that that's really kind of bad because it's yeah. not very it's not very good there with the,
5: yeah. anyone uh, planning this has ever tried to cross 9th Street or, or I mean Iowa Street in that area. You'll you'll understand why that's problematic.
0: Yeah, really. The only safe way would be to go back up to Iowa Street and cross there at the actual crosswalk, and even then, it's uh,
5: that Harvard. that's a little hairy. Or going down to Harvard. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, I
3: can't I can't walk that far.
5: See
7: and uh, you know the the location the locations of the stops w- could be adjusted as well so um you know there could be a stop closer to the intersection of iowa street um to reduce the walk distance uh, i believe it is a signalized intersection um so you
5: know oh yeah it's definitely signaled. It's, yeah. it's not a matter of signals it's a matter of um safety for pedestrians and bus riders and that is a t- Terrible intersection to have to cross. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. terrible. As a lifelong I, bus rider and pedestrian, I avoid that one. Because mm-hmm. they, what they do is
3: they get in the right-hand lane and when they get their lights, they just go and they never look to see if there's a person starting to cross or if there's a person, uh, you know,
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, in other words, they, they turn right on red is what they do. And mm-hmm. they gun it. And, you know, and then... Uh, it is awful and across the street where that car dealership is i don't know if they're improving this or not but it has almost no sidewalk i mean it's just sort of like a joke mhm
7: yeah but- it's um, yeah pedestrian the um, pedestrian environment is is certainly you know a challenge in, in a lot of places and it's a trade off because if you have a, a route that Provides you know more front door service to more places. Uh, ultimately, it stretches the routes um, pretty thin and um, takes up extra running time uh, and the like. So it's a, it's a trade-off. I'm I'm not saying that there you know aren't times when it, it's worth it, but um, it's it's certainly a trade-off. And in this case, we have the ridership information at every stop, and so you'll see that the um, the stops that are currently served by this route closer to Harvard street are fairly low ridership stops. Um, they're color coded in, so th- this particular one has four boardings, uh, on average a day, um, uh, versus the, the, this stop here, which has, uh, 6.2 boardings on average a day. So it's, yeah, it's a trade-off. Um,
5: do, you, do you have the uh, information on how many exits for the stop? Uh, at on 9th street right that shopping center because that's what I see a lot of traffic at and I don't know that that's being reflected here I'm taking uh, this as a, as a regular bus rider who uses this yeah. route and that's that's a concern that's a safety concern a pretty big one actually
7: yeah yeah we do have the boarding analytic numbers um it's it's an average for it's sort of a um snapshot in time when we were doing collecting this information so this route on 9th street had an average of 1.7 boardings 6.8 alightings a day so and and that's its opposite on the other side of the street had similar 6.2 boardings 0.7 alightings so most people that were using this were boarding uh in the westbound direction and alighting in the eastbound direction
3: um i will just say that if i that, that um, there is a whole shopping center there it's not just the Merck, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of you know a lot of businesses there and, and the bowling alley and so forth and so on uh and some smaller businesses but i think we've had i'm not sure when you did your accounts of people boarding and so forth but there's been a lot of uh time due to the construction on on uh nine, there's been a lot of time, uh that that Compton plays where they, Tore down the, 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 field studio, the old studio, uh, old, uh, and so there's been a lot of times when the bus has been rerouted, rerouted, and so it may not be all that entirely accurate. Um, it,
7: so it was an average for a fairly long period of time. It wasn't a one. It wasn't a one day snapshot. So um, I, I think it it likely, you know it was a pre, it was a 2019, um, uh, data set. So it was pre pandemic, which was, you know, a bit more hopefully reflective, reflective. Of how things will, will look going forward. Um, but those are like you, the comments that you're making are valid. Um, I think we will, you know, there's a survey that's, that's currently online. Um, and if you would like to put, your comments in there to reflect, you know, your, your position that this isn't a great intersection that, you know, I, I would encourage you to do that. Thank you. Okay. So, um, we will move on then to the, let's see, let's do route five next. Okay. Let me turn off the ridership. Second. Okay. So Route 5, we talked already about how Route 5 would be interlined with Route 1 at the community shelter. Uh, The other main difference about Route 5 is that the current alignment Route 5, which um, I'll just turn on and off a few times, um, it. It uh, operates along the, along the 23rd Street corridor, but then it heads south along Iowa Street to um, all the retail that is, um, you know, at the south end of the Iowa Street corridor, the Walmart, the Target, and so on. Um, the proposed alignment of this route would instead, uh, from 23rd Street, take it into the Bob Billings Hub. So, um, from... Twenty-third Street. The route would dip down to Twenty-fourth Street to pick up. There's, uh, you know, a high concentration of multifamily housing along Twenty-fourth Street. Um, it would cross Iowa Street. Uh, people could transfer if they if they wanted to at Iowa Street Street to go to go south. But this um, route is, is proposed to go to the Bob Billings Hub. So what this does is allows access from the Bob Billings Hub to not only. Um, all the multifamily housing along the 23rd street and, and south, but also to key regional destinations uh, like the East Hills business park, like the, like the community uh, shelter and the jail. Um, and so this is the 23rd, uh, sorry, this is the proposed alignment for route five. Okay, any questions on that? All right so route six we talked about route six would be interlined with route three and provides um, north south travel along the iowa street corridor um, with access to the lmh hospital as well as the um uh, the hallmark uh, facility okay route seven um route seven is Picking up the service that I mentioned previously would be shifted from the Route 1. So Route 1 currently operates along the Haskell Avenue corridor where there is a lot of multifamily housing. Um, That, when Route 1 shifts to Massachusetts, Route 7 would pick up that coverage um, and make uh, direct connections for, for essentially the route would be restructured to create a one-seat ride um, from all the multifamily housing along Haskell Avenue, both to downtown and to the Iowa Street uh, retail hub. So, you know, there's low-income housing, there's other multifamily housing along Haskell Avenue. Once they get on the bus, they would have a one-seat ride, a direct ride to Lawrence High School, to Walmart, to downtown, And then obviously connection opportunities um, to other routes along the way. But that's the proposed Route 7. This route would operate 30 minutes during peak periods, 60 minutes during the off peak from 6 to 8, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's Route 7. a route seven I, also has a, an interline component. Um, route seven will be interlined with Route nine. Um, and the reason for that, uh, Route nine is going to be serving the Holcomb Park area, which is in through here. We heard a lot of comments during the previous um, scenarios that there was a desire to provide a one-seat connection from the Holcomb Park neighborhood um, through to Lawrence High School here. And so through this inner line, that will be possible. So essentially people who get on the Route 9 along Lawrence Avenue, um, it, once they pass the Walmart, if they stay on the bus, they will then head out on Route 7 and have a direct one-seat ride to Lawrence High School. Okay. The main change on Route 9 is, um, other than the interline is that the current route nine continues further north. Uh, I'll turn it on here. So it continues all the way up to to, uh, Free State High School and the proposed route nine would uh, truncate at Clinton and Wakarusa. So um, the route would come out Clinton Parkway. There's again, a lot of multifamily housing um, in this corridor. So it would serve the multifamily housing do, serve the destination south of Clinton Parkway, but then it would not travel further north on Wakarusa than Clinton Parkway. Okay. So that's route seven and route nine. The um, next- I'll uh-huh. figure it out, no worries, let's Okay. Yeah, if there's any questions, please don't hesitate to, to stop me. Okay, so next we'll talk about Route 10. So um, let me turn on the current Route 10 for reference. So the current Route 10 serves uh, downtown um, as well as the Bob Billings corridor. Um, The proposed Route 10 would terminate at the Bob Billings hub with connection opportunities to on other routes heading uh, to downtown Lawrence. Um, So this restructured Route 10 is, is designed to be truncated the Bob Billings Hub. Um, and it would, ex- on on the other end, it would extend um, along Wakarusa Drive uh, to the LMH West Campus and Rock, and Rock Chalk Park through an area that has, um, over the last several years, i seen a lot of multifamily housing pop up. So this provides this dir- this direct service to all this multifamily housing. I'll show it here in a second. Yeah, as you can see, there's several um, complexes here, fairly large complexes. Um, so from, from there, they'd have a one-seat ride to the Bob Billings Hub. And from the Bob Billings Hub, there will be connection opportunities to uh, routes into KU, as well as connections to downtown. There's a route we'll talk about later called the Route 100, which, which would provide fast and frequent service from the Bob Billings Hub through KU and into downtown. So it, it would require a transfer, but a very, very short wait time. Um, so, and, and very direct, fast and frequent service to downtown from the Bob Billings Hub. So that's Route Ten. Okay. Next, we'll talk about Route Eleven. Okay. So um, again, just quickly for reference, Route Eleven is another route that currently does serve downtown, um, but would 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 be proposed to um, instead serve the Bob Billings Hub. So. The restructured route would serve the Bob Billings Hub and provide uh, um, some circulation through the KU campus. Um, One important change, if anybody um, from KU is on, is that this route currently serves the reserve, which is a pretty large apartment complex, popular with with, um, students. Um, Route 11 would not serve the reserve, uh, which is... Currently, it, it forces the route to go a bit out of direction to, to serve um, this complex. The reserve would still be served, but by a different route, um, Route 38, which we'll talk about later. Um, but Route 11 would serve all the retail um, establishments, the Walmart, uh, the Target, but it would not serve the reserve. Me, may I just ask about
3: 10? I couldn't sure, to sure. get my thing working here like because that's the route that i take from when i'm downtown um that's the route i take home because it saves me walking up a hill to two blocks and it uh is much closer to my apartment uh so that's i get off at uh, 11th and indiana at the here classes so that's going to be gone is that right
7: the, yeah, Route 10 would, would not uh, go operate beyond the Bob Billings Hub. So if you are downtown, um, your best bet is to take the Route 4, um, both for your inbound and outbound trip.
3: But what I'm saying is it's difficult for me because I have to walk up a two-block hill. I understand other people have uh, problems with their transportation and have to go further than two blocks it's just that i'm hoping that well can i use the route 100
7: um well i'll show you the route 100 Uh, it it was
3: you don't have to jump ahead i'm just saying i'm I'm just trying to you can do the route 100 when you when you choose to i'm just Saying that that's something I would like to. I can't follow you on the screen. I'm just using my iPhone, and really, it's it's beyond me to to see what you're talking about on here while you're saying it.
7: So, so um, the route 100. 100- The closest to the Route 100, which is this black line here, the closest (laughs) that it would come to to where you live is uh, 11th Street. So 11th and uh, Louisiana or 11th and Indiana. Um, I suppose if you're heading from downtown, um, it would be 11th and and Indiana. So,
3: Is the Route 100 go there?
7: That, yeah. So Route 100 is proposed for 11th Indiana. Which, so that would mean you could walk along 11th Street to get to. You said you live on Alabama. Is that right?
3: No, I live on Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi. I'm sorry. Mississippi and 11th. When yep. I come home from downtown, it's easier for me to get the 10 because it it drops me off at 11th and Indiana in front of the Here Kansas building. You know that apartment, yep. but, mm-hmm. and I just walk. Like a half a block and scoot it down the alley and round into my place. Yep. It, it's just so. Uh, can I use the Route 100?
7: Yes. The Route 100 would be about a block away from from your home.
3: Right. But I'm just, is it a K route? Is so what I'm trying to say. Will there be other st- stops that are accessible to, to non KU people?
7: Yeah, the Route 100 is is not a KU route. It's a general purpose route. Um, so yes, you could use the Route 100.
5: Okay, thanks. So if uh, I see that Lance Faye, Vice Chair, if I see on your Route 100, it does turn down Indiana from 11th. Is that what I'm seeing there? That's correct. Okay, all right. So we go in front of the here apartment. So that would enter, kind of answer her question and the same stop would be served. Correct. Right there, okay. So far, yep. so good. <laughs> Thank yep. you. Yeah. Now, is, is uh, Route 100, is that, uh, is that a 30-minute route? Is that what that's going to be doing? Or
7: Actually, Route 100 is a 20-minute service for most of the day. The, the, the whole idea of the Route 100 is to create this like I said earlier, this, fa- this fast and frequent service between these two key hubs, downtown and Bob Billings. So it's sort of the bridge between them. And then also it would travel through Jayhawk Boulevard. So it's, you know, connecting all the absolute key crown jewels of your of your community in a way. Um, yeah, so- and,
0: <laughs> as it turns out, those are the areas where we have our highest ridership for
5: the
7: most exactly. part. Yeah, okay,
5: so 20 minutes to peak time and 40
7: or slower 40 at the very end of the day for um, i think a, a, just a cu- so this route would also run later than others so it would run from 6 a.m to uh, ju- a little bit after 10 at least that's the that's the current plan so the last uh i believe three trips or so would be every 40 minutes but the rest of the day it's um every 20 minutes
3: i had requested that i get a copy of the route 100 That was when I was at the library and they didn't have one that they could copy for me. Another thing, it's always interesting to know where the stops are because a lot of the KU routes or routes that go near KU, you know, the stops aren't where you might wish them to be.
7: Yeah, so the... Exact stop locations are yet to be finalized. So for the most part, where possible, the stops would be reused from, you know, if there's a current stop in the ground, um, that stop would would be reused. There could be some some movement, you know, and it may not even have to do with the, with the route redesign. I mean, stops occasionally move for various reasons, including requests for, you know, for changes from the riding public. But the exact stop locations um, have not been finalized yet. Thank
5: you. Mm-hmm. Show, showing, uh, Lance, for the vice chair, showing Route 100 at this time was really helpful um, in seeing how it coordinates with other routes that have changed. So thank you. Sure.
7: Okay. Yeah, there's – I mean, that's – the theme here is there's a domino effect. <laughs> you know, whenever you do a network redesign, um, one change leads to another and another. And especially if you're implementing things like interlining, um, sometimes we end up jumping around in, these, in the presentation for that for those reasons. So not a problem. Um, okay. So that was the 11. We'll talk now about 27. Um, so 27, which – it's a little bit hard to see. Let me actually change, make that darker. One second.
5: Let's go with a good magenta.
7: Yeah, I'm looking for something <laughs> there. Hopefully that'll show up a bit better. Okay. So the twenty-seven is intended to be kind of this um, university connector. So it would. Connect um, all these educational institutions, including the Peasley Center at its southern southern end, um, through uh, Haskell Indian Nations University, um, Lawrence High School, and then the University of Kansas, and then it would end at the Bob Billings Hub. So anybody that you know is, for example, makes their way to the Bob Billings Hub would have access, one-seat ride access to all of these academic institutions. Um, So this route would be a 30-60 route, meaning 30-minute peak period service, 60-minute off-peak. It would be a year-round route, and it would operate from 6 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. One Other important thing about this route is that actually it would be interlined with Route 10, which we talked about earlier. And the benefit of that is that if a person is coming, I I, I talked earlier about all the new apartments um, up on Wakarusa, kind of near Free State High School and so on. If if there's a student that lives in those apartments that attends any of these institutions and they ride Route 10, because it's interlined with Route 27, they could stay on the bus at Bob Billings, and they could continue through KU, um, Lawrence High School, which maybe is, is less likely, um, the uh, Haskell, and Peasley Center. So that's the that's the way that inner line works.
5: Uh, Lance okay. Vice Chair. Uh, so 27 will also run on Saturdays now too, right? Which I don't think it does now. I, I'm not sure, but I thought it didn't. So
7: uh, Yes, I believe that's correct. I, I'll i need to just check my notes yeah. quickly on that. If it's interlined with
5: 10, it would almost yeah. have to. Yes, yes, yes. That
7: is... Yeah, that would really force a big change
0: if it interlined five days a week and then not on the other.
7: No, no. no. That, so, yes, it, it would also run on Saturdays. That's correct. That's
5: very good. That's very good. Yeah.
7: Okay. Um... Next route we'll talk about is 29, okay. Okay, so the 29 um, is intended to to operate between the same kind of residential areas we talked about earlier um, along Clinton Parkway and south of Clinton Parkway. and it's intended to, it, it would end at the Bob Billings Hub. There's a couple of sort of outstanding questions about the final alignment of this route because of construction um, and, and sort of planned construction um, here. Oops, one second. Let me zoom in. So, yeah. So because of uh, construction along Becker Drive um, and the new, there's a planned development that will come in here on 21st Street. This alignment is a little bit up in the air. It, it may end up heading up. It, it may end up being castled, um, castled to Bob Billings. Um, potentially, it could be Iowa to Bob Billings. Um, long The long-term uh, recommendation is to come up Becker Drive because there is a new development that's coming in here um, and then head to the Bob Billings Hub. But... I I don't have a final uh, exact uh, alignment for this route, unfortunately, at the moment, because of these construction issues. Um, But the the main thing about this route is that it would connect these residential areas uh, between 27th and Clinton Parkway, and then along Clinton Parkway through to the Bob Billings Hub, where connections could be made um, to the KU routes and to um, other routes serving the Bob Billings Hub.
5: Will this still just be a Monday through Friday route uh
7: this route would be a Monday through Friday route um, it would operate um, 30 30 minute service with 45 minutes uh service 45 minute late night service so a few trips um, at 45 minutes in in the late night but generally 30 minute service and no Saturday uh, let me double check that one I believe no Saturday on this route
5: currently there's no Saturday on the 20 yeah
7: uh, let me make sure. <clears throat> so, let me just—I actually there would be set sa- there would be Saturday service on the twenty-nine, and the reason for that uh-huh. is that the twenty-nine is proposed for interline with the eleven. Uh-huh. So this is the eleven, um, and the eleven. So both of these routes would have Saturday service. Um, the 11, as I mentioned, provides service from the Bob Billings Hub down to the retail, the Iowa Street retail area. And then it serves multifamily housing along 24th Street. So because of this inner line, people on the 29 would be able to make their way uh, to campus with, uh, without having without having to transfer.
5: All right, so Lance Faye, Vice Chair. Uh, so the inner lining on that one, I have a question. Um, the way the 11 has run for the past few years is that um, it um, oftentimes requires a third bus to stay on schedule with its current route. Like it, it's been a, you know, it it, it doesn't just, it, it, the idea of the two buses circulating hasn't worked for the 11. They've had to add a third periodically Mm -hmm. uh, during peak periods and as the route is being redesigned are they designing it in a in a way that they think they're just going to be able to run the two buses or however many buses consistently through that Uh, I the I kind of look at it and I go I can see a potential for there being a bottleneck there of you know peak traffic for the Mm -hmm. eleven. And how that would work with its interlining with the 29, and I'm just curious if that's been considered and what if there's anything on the. On the yes,
7: line. yes, it has been considered, and um, the, that's another. Actually, that's that is another reason to do interlines because um, what interlines allow you to do. Oops, that's not what I wanted to. Let me see if I can put it back up. Uh, sorry, I just lost my zoom. Oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah, lots of windows. I lost my my Zoom windows. So I couldn't see you guys. So uh, the the another reason for interlining is to allow. Um, planners to optimize cycle times so cycle times is a cycle time is the amount essentially it's a round trip a, a round trip is called a cycle so cycle times if you have um a 60 minute cycle time let's say then with one vehicle at your disposal you can provide hourly service with two vehicles you can provide 30 minute service with three vehicles service every 20 minutes and then with four every 15 minutes so um Sometimes what you end up having is a route that has too much time on its cycle to get to a good round number like 60 or 30. Another round, another route that has not enough. But when you combine them together, you can create a good, clean 60-minute cycle time, or it could be 120-minute cycle time, whatever the case may be. So in this case, there are three vehicles that are assigned to to cycle between the Route 11 and the Route 29. So they would do 29 and then go on to 11, 11, back to 29. Three vehicles would do that same pattern concurrently. Um, With those three vehicles in service, we would be able to provide 30-minute service on both routes um, and then have sufficient layover time or recovery time to ensure the on-time performance of the route. I can tell you exactly the, the recovery time. So what for the 11 and 29 together, um, we have a cycle time of an hour and 30 minutes Um, of that cycle. An hour and 24 minutes uh, is devoted to, um, I'm sorry. uh, Let's see. Yeah. 13 minutes of that hour and 30 minutes, 13 minutes is, is recovery time. So there's a, um, at the end of each cycle, there's 13 minutes left over for the bus, you know, sometimes it, w- it won't be 13 minutes. If our bus is running late, there may only be three of those 13 minutes left, but best case scenario is you have 13 minutes left to try to get back on schedule.
5: Does that, that help? Okay. That's, yes, that's sufficient. Thank you. Okay.
7: So that's the 29. Um, okay, now we'll talk about Route 30. So this is a fairly uh, important uh, change. I'm going to bring up the Route 100 while we talk about the Route 30 because they're inner they're 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 connected. They're not interlined, but the discussion of them is connected. So the current Route 30 does two important things off campus. It serves the Meadowbrook uh, apartments area and then it also serves the apartments along Apple Apple Lane. Uh, the proposed Route 30 would serve the Meadowbrook area, but not Apple Lane. And instead, the App- Apple Lane would be kind of the turnaround point for the Route 100. So um, this this route, Route 30, would operate, for, like I said, from Meadowbrook through to the Union, the Kansas Union. Um, it it would operate every 30 minutes uh, during most of the day and then 60 minutes in the evening from 7, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, this route would also be interlined with route 36, which we'll talk about in a minute, but, um, just so you can kind of see what it looks like. Um, it, it looks like this, um, the 36 is, um, serving the 9th street corridor, um, and the 6th Street Corridor as well. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I'll, I just want to come back to, the, to Route 30. So the main change on the Route 30 is that it would truncate at the Meadowbrook Apartments rather than uh, Apple Apple Lane. So any questions on the Route 30? Okay. Um, so... If not, then we'll talk about the 36. And the there's two changes on the 36 um, that are kind of important. Probably the most important is this interline because the reason to interline the 30 and the 36 is in order to create a cycle time that um, it allows for flexibility so so it's I believe a 60 minute cycle time between the two routes and that means that whatever resources KU ends up having um, this route could be very easily adjusted to be uh, you know 20 minute service 30 minute service hourly service depending on uh, how many vehicles uh, KU is ultimately able to to support with their with their funding um, so that's that's number one. Um, Number two, there's a small change on kind of the north end of the route that I'll just zoom in here. All right. So from the 6th Street corridor, the current end of the line um, on Route 36 uh, takes the route through these apartments through here. Uh, I always forget the name of this street, but I'll... It'll pop up here in just a second. Oops. No, this is Gateway, right? Gateway oh, Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I- instead of terminating the route at Gateway Court, which gets it close to um, a couple of lo- fairly large apartment complexes, instead the route would head up to Trail Road because that then provides access to yet another um, fairly large apartment complex called the Frontier. These apartments would still... Be on the route. They people would just need to come out to 6th Street. Um, But it does open up access to yet another large multifamily housing complex. And that's that's the proposed end of the line for the 36. Um, Other than that, the 36 is fairly similar, um, really similar actually, to the alignment of the existing Route 36, um, but it is proposed to be interlined with the Route 30. Any questions on that?
4: Okay.
0: So, um, I'll just advise we're down to uh, 10 minutes left. Okay. So uh, we should try and wrap it up
7: so we discuss staff issues. Okay, very good. Um, We'll talk then about 34, which is this route here, which is, again, fairly similar to the current Route 34. um, But it, like the 30 and 36, is proposed for an interline. So it's proposed to be interlined with Route 38. And, again, that's to create a – 60 minute cycle time. The Route 38 um, is changed uh, somewhat because the current Route 38 ends um, uh, around 30, uh, let me see, uh, sorry, 25th Street. Yeah, it it ends at 25th Street, but the proposed uh, Route 38 would Head further south, all the way to the reserve. As you may remember, the reserve is currently served by Route Eleven. So this um, this proposal is taking the reserve off of the Eleven and putting it onto the Thirty-Eight. The reserve is very um, popular with students, so it's this this would get them a uh, you know a Ku focused route uh, that goes directly into campus um, from the reserve. Also good. Okay. So, that's the 34 and the 38. Uh, next, we have the, no, we talked about the 36. We have the 42. Okay. So, the 42, and um, uh, let me maybe bring up this. Yeah. So, the 42 is a, a route that kind of combines um, the current 41 and 42 alignment. Um, into a single route so that's the current 41 that's the current 42 um they're a little bit difficult to see but uh, basically you would have service from what's currently the park and rides park and ride lots um through up through the daisy hill area uh, irving hill area um through the um the rec center and then the route would ultimately do this end of the line loop along Sunny, Side Avenue up to uh, Jayhawk Boulevard, um, serve the engineering buildings, and then head back to the rec center. So this would, provide bi- this would be a bi-directional route for the most part, except for this end of the line loop. So if you are on campus, if you're at Jayhawk Boulevard and you're trying to get to the rec center, you'd be able to get to the rec center, or from the rec center back to Jayhawk Boulevard. So you have bi-directional service on this this route. So that's the 42, the 43 route is um, unchanged. So it provides this connection from the Irving Hill, from all the um, uh, dorms in that area um, through to the union area, as well as up to GSP here. So that's uh, unchanged. Route 100 we already talked about.
5: Just real quick on 42 and 43, are the the frequency of those routes pretty similar as far as to what they are now? Like, are they fairly similar still? I guess that's the only question.
7: So the 42... mm -hmm. I was just going to
3: weigh in on that. This is Mark Mm -hmm. DeFries from KU. Um, This is actually also something that will be impacted by our budget constraints and discussed in the Transit Commission later this week.
5: Okay.
7: Fair enough. Yeah. They're planned for fairly frequent service. But again, we you know KU has this ongoing discussion so we'll see. Yeah,
3: we're we're looking at going from 7 or to 10 minutes on 43 and route 42 staying around 10 to 12. Okay.
7: Fair enough, thank you. Okay. Um uh, 44 is the late night service at KU, no changes to that. But the one thing that I will mention that we haven't talked about yet is the plan for Sunday service. So there is um, a, a plan for Sunday microtransit service um, covering uh, essentially the entire, well, the, 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 the Lawrence transit um, coverage service area. And, and I think we talked on a previous meeting about microtransit. Um, I, I don't, I know we only have like a minute or two left, but Microtransit is a demand response service. It's an app-based demand response service, meaning that um, people would be able to reserve uh, the, the vehicle like they do with Uber and Lyft. It would be a van and it would be um, available on Sundays for people to, to reserve through an app um, on their phone. They could also call in. There would be a call-in option as well. Um, but that that is the kind of introduction to Sunday service um, in the Lawrence Transit service area.
5: So Lance Fay, vice chair of PTAC. So that's gonna be kind of similar in its organization to what is our nightline service now and that you call it in ahead of time and you get Creating much a door-to-door service is what yeah. they're doing.
7: It's similar, so. except it's more real-time. So instead of having to book far in advance, you could use an app to to book in real time, um, and there would be several vehicles that would be available um, for the service. That would respond within, likely within thirty minutes or less to a trip request. So, all right, I'll stop there. I know I'm. I've used up all my time. Um, Can you, as you, as you
5: stop, would you, can you really quickly just throw all the routes up on the screen so people can see them? Just, just have them there for 30 seconds. I think it's good for everyone to see just what they all look like together and just. Sure. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it gives us a nice taste of what the uh, coverage of the area is. Like you can definitely see we don't touch anywhere uh, west of Wakarusa except for, uh, Rock Shock Park area. Correct. And it's a little, it might be a bit
7: helpful. Uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, I don't have anything uh, on top of that. Just that was the one big area that I saw we didn't have anything, and that's okay.
7: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this, the question about service on Wakarusa um, was. Uh, dictated in large part by the fact that there is service now on, on Wakarusa that has very, very low ridership. Mm-hmm. So if something had to be sacrificed, that that was an area that kind of got the short end of the stick, but there just aren't a lot of riders out there. Yep. Um, so I
5: six, I'm one of six people that ever rides out there. <laughs>
7: <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: and uh, whenever I start using, I will probably be one of the seven then. <laughs> mm-hmm.
7: Yep, but the main the main point is that there, you know, the Bob Billings Hub becomes actually a hub. Like it's it it becomes a ma- major focal point of the service. It's right here. Um, everything is sort of overlapped. It's maybe a little bit difficult to see, but there are uh, uh, quite quite a few routes serving the Bob Billings Hub. There are other secondary hubs that emerge. Um, you know, like LMH Health has a couple of routes. That would be available to people. The East Hills Business Park would now have two routes serving it. Um, the South Iowa Street area would have several several routes that um, people could transfer between. So there are there's the primary Bob Billings hub of, and of course downtown remains a hub. But those two remain the primary ones. But there are kind of these secondary ones that emerge as well this
0: august rudess p-tech number i'm just really curious if we have to have that whole loop around haskell university because all the dormitories are right there off indian avenue and barker not barker yeah barker and it just seems like and there every, there's a speed hump every you know 100 feet it just seems like a long it's a big loop around the university that maybe it will be cut out eventually anyway
7: that was a sort of a compromise because originally the um, Route 27 would would not have gone as far south. It would have stayed uh, on Indian Avenue. Uh, uh, yeah, Indian Avenue, um, so 23rd to Indian Avenue and back. But uh, we did hear feedback during the previous round of stakeholder um you know, outreach desire to go a bit deeper into campus. Really? So, okay. Mm, yep. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe there won't be much ridership through there and maybe yeah, and it'll change, but
0: now that you use MDM, I forgot how far South it goes on West perimeter road. Mm-hmm. I know like road cloud halls there and some other dormitories. So thank you for that. <laughs>
7: okay. Okay. Um, if there are no other questions, then thank you all very much. And uh, I just encourage everyone to go on the, on Lawrence Transit website and find the survey to um, provide your feedback. Okay.
0: Thank you, Boris. Um, given that it's uh, 529, I'm not sure that we have a whole lot of time to go through the rest of our agenda, but what remains is uh, PTAC members, if you have anything that you want to discuss in a future agenda or a future work session that we have, please contact Lance, Adam, and myself we will happily uh, add this to a future agenda item. Um, I don't think there's any other items and if even if there are, I'm going to say we should not discuss them until next month because we're out of time. Uh, Felice, is there anything on transit staff items that you'd like to add quickly?
1: Um, Very briefly, we did hear back on the AIC awards. We were awarded just under $2.7 million on most of the proposals that we submitted. So we can end on a good note.
0: Yes, I was really happy and glad that we about that. So among other things I'll let you know that's about 1.2 million in funds for the transfer facility. I can't remember exactly what it was earmarked for. Um, there is accessibility and other technology improvements. There's some work to uh, for some funding to help us install our chargers for the new buses. Uh, there's some money for the micro transit pilot and then I can't remember what the last bundle is, but uh, we got basically everything we were looking for, which is great even if it's a little late. Um, and then the other thing I've heard is we're still waiting for getting the uh, electric buses the first batch of five from Gillig. so. Um, yeah. Could happen this month, might happen next month. We'll keep you updated. Unless someone else has something they want to add in the very next 10 seconds before I adjourn the meeting, Uh, we will be meeting again on May 9th. Uh, So please uh, sign on for that. Um, Last call, anyone have anything that they wanna bring up right now before we adjourn?
4: Okay. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye guys. Thank you.